If you've ever got a student to do something by calling it a game, you might be a teacher. Being a teacher sometimes means finding ways around limitations, problems, or struggles to keep things on track. We learn to improvise and adapt. But when it comes to teaching language arts in our school, we don't have to find workarounds. Loyola Press took the long view when they created Voyages in English, the brilliant K-8 language arts program. The fundamentals of grammar and writing that students learn enable them to become effective writers, which can help improve performance on standardized tests and grow into successful communicators. The flexible framework of Voyages in English is adaptable to any teaching style and any student's abilities. With practice, the mechanics build in complexity over time. It just all works together. Visit voyagesinenglish.com to learn more, then order a sample. With Voyages in English, there are no crazy workarounds, just solid help for today's language arts teachers. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Jill. I'm here with Colleen. We are grateful to be together again to laugh, explore, and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Colleen, I have a kind of a funny scenario for you because we've talked about how nerdy we are and how Uh we -hmm. get so pumped up about an idea or a conference or a thing we did or something. And we, I know that in the teacher's lounge, not everyone always shares my excitement when you're (laughs) like literally sitting at lunch in the teacher's lounge and you're super geeked about something. Um, have you had moments like that? Like where you just like you were way more excited than your colleagues about some new Absolutely. learning? Absolutely. <laughs> and and you, you kind of, like you get the sideways look and you're like, oh, I better tone it down just a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Oh yes. my goodness. Yes, exactly. So yes. um I was thinking about that when I got a text from a teacher friend. She just finished a book and she was pretty excited about it. She was like, Hey, have you read? And like the book itself doesn't really matter because I haven't read it. It was called The Writing Revolution by Hockman and Wetzler. Have you read The Writing Revolution? We can do another episode on I that once we've I read see, it. Okay. I, I think you mentioned it to me though, but oh, no, really? I have not read it. Well, okay. I haven't read it yeah. either. But my friend, Abby Van Dyke, she teaches at St. Thomas the Apostle Catholic School mm-hmm. in Grand Rapids. She... um she like was super excited and was texting me like, have you read this? You should read this. And so I started thinking about how I haven't, but I'm no longer an English teacher. So I kept, I start, I immediately started thinking of the English teachers in my building. And I said, well, should they read it? And she's like, well, yeah, but here's what it got me thinking about is if you are super pumped about a book you just finished or something new you want to try mm. in your classroom and you need other people to be on board with you so you can have someone to talk to Like, what do you do? So like in this moment, I said, well, she was super excited and she had things to share. And I said, well, how are you going to how are you going to tell other people at school? And then and then I immediately was like, well, can you come to my school and tell you like get my English department pumped up about it? And like I was already jumping to all these conclusions about like we she can do a presentation or there can be a book study. Should I buy copies of this? We're like do a book study, yay! <laughs> and everyone's like, uh-huh. no, yep. like you know. No. And so, um, so she said to me, she's good at slowing me down. And so she's like, wait, 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 let me think through how I should 
you know, present it to my, you know, my K-8 colleagues. And then I would have to do it. I'd have to bring up the topics differently with high school English teachers. So she was like, she was very methodical of saying like how she would hang out with her own colleagues would be different than how she might sit down with my small department of, you know, four or five English teachers at the high school level. But it's, it's hard because you get pumped and then you don't know what to do with it because you could be very Mm -hmm. easily tagged as like, Oh, there's that teacher who jumps onto every bandwagon. She read a new book and now she's going to wants to change how we teach writing in the whole building or, you know, whatever. Right. Like, and I think we've all been accused of that because we get excited about something new. And once you do something better, you don't want to go backward and do it like the bad way anymore. So you want to tell your colleagues like, Hey, we should all teach writing this way, or we should all do this new scientific approach or whatever. So it's, um, Anyway, it just got me thinking, like, how do you share good ideas with colleagues without being like the crazy one mm. in the teacher's lounge? Mm, that's really tough. I don't. Uh, yeah, uh, there's there's a there's a formal way. There's an informal way and there's a formal way. Like, so in let's go informal, informal, way, informal. Yeah, informal. Yeah. In an informal way. I mean, you really do. You gravitate toward the people who get excited about a good idea, but you, I think you have to prepare people for what you're about to say. (laughs) Like, I think you have to say, okay, you guys, I'm going to geek out about something really quick here. Bear with me, but this was so good. Can I tell you about a book that I read? Like, don't just start laying into it and being like, we got to do this thing because I read about (laughs) it in a book because it's very (laughs) off-putting. And that's like beyond nerdy. It's almost annoying. Like that. And that's not good lunchtime conversation. <laughs> well, and I'm, and I'm so annoying. Like what I would do is I would like photocopy the first chapter and put a little note oh on gosh, it and put it in everyone's mailboxes. Like, Hey, read chapter one and let's talk about it. And everyone would be super annoyed with me. Like, I know that's what yeah. I would probably try to do. And mm-hmm. people would be like, you're not even the department head. Like, who are you? What are you doing? Well, I was just going to that at a department meeting. And again, that's like a little bit more formal, but your department meeting, absolutely appropriate to bring it up there. Yeah. Even if and you're not the department just, chair, it doesn't well, matter. And it might just be like, well, what are, what are the rest of you reading professionally? I just finished such and such. Yeah. It's super good. Or does anyone want to borrow my mm-hmm. copy? I have a copy of this book. It was really good. Um, yeah. It's hard though, because you can come across, yeah, you can come across as super pushy or, um, and otherwise, okay, so let's say you you quietly read a really revolutionary book for you, and then you don't have someone to chat it out with. It would be hard. Like I, if I were Abby and I was the only one in my building who read this book that could shift how she teaches, but she has no mm-hmm. one to bounce it off of, you're, you're left hanging. You know, like she texted me kind of out of the blue. Have you read this? I thought maybe you did. Because she wanted to talk, like chat it out with someone. And so well, that, you have to like find like, your let's tribe. Set up a Zoom call. Let's set up a Zoom call with her, and we can talk because I'm now <laughs> I'm totally excited to hear about it. You just you do have to find your people. You have to find the people, and and maybe it's not. Maybe it isn't the people that you have break time with or that you have lunch time with. Like, but you mm-hmm. do have to find your tribe to talk about those things. You have to That's be why excited finding a about networking professionally. Yeah. Right. And I've always liked having networks outside of my building. You know, this is why it's kind of fun yep. to do this podcast, right? Because we believe mm-hmm. in sharing ideas. Like we believe in the very authentic, real way that you share stuff. Um, but her yeah. text reminded me of of like that realness of that is um not doing this work 
alone. Like none of us have to do this work alone, but it doesn't mean that in your actual physical teacher's lounge, you're going to find all the people who jive with your philosophy of teaching. Um, but it does mean finding people who, who can, or who can challenge you or bounce the ideas back with you. And, um, I think some people are finding that in this podcast, to be honest. So it's a little bit of a one way. Like so. we're not like taking callers, like caller number one, Abby Van Dyke, what are your thoughts on the writing revolution? That'd be kind of hard on a podcast, but um, it does mean finding people. And maybe that's the Facebook group too, is her throwing that title into the Facebook group and having people bounce around if they've read it. So, cause there's tons of books out there. It's not like a once and done kind of, I know. we've all read this one book. Uh, we all teach different grade levels in different subject areas. So, um, Anyway, it just reminded me of like how geeked out I get about stuff and how it's totally, yeah, you're right. Off-putting is a great way to say, like coming to the teacher's lunch. Everyone just wants to hang out and they're like, here's chapter one. Wait a minute. Let's all read this together. Can I read this out loud to you while you guys eat your lunch? They're like, get out of here. Who let her in? Okay. So one time I remember like saying something to... and. I, I'm sure I've told you that I am the slowest reader in the entire world, which is why I have to listen to audio. You are I'm a very, very slow reader. Yes. Wow. So when I was teaching literature, especially in high school, when I was teaching multiple books or stories or whatever at a time, and I would always reread, you know, I, I, I would reread everything all the time. I read constantly. Right. And all this, all the things that I was reading were things that I had assigned to students. So I had very little time to do any pleasure reading for the 10 years that I was teaching English, to be honest with you. Me too. So I remember one time when I was teaching in, um, in high school and I had like a, a library of books in my classroom and they weren't, I, I didn't get to do a lot of pleasure reading, but, um, you know, if students wanted to borrow a book or what, of course you have a library in your classroom, right? Of course you do. Well, another teacher came in my classroom and looked at my library of books and she goes, wow, must be nice to have so much free time to read. And oh, oh, my no. mouth hit the floor. I didn't even, I never even defended myself because I was so, I was like, what? the heck was that? So I'm even cautious of recommending to teachers like, sure, you know, in your free time, you know, reading professional books for your professional growth, you know, like, a lot of people like I just remember my experience, I didn't have free time for reading. So um, I, I try to be mindful of that too. Not everybody, um, you know, feels like they can do that in their spare time. <laughs> so that's true. Just a thought. But I knew that's that's really insightful. I appreciate you hearing that because you haven't shared that before. But I also think I knew that the best thing to feed me as a teacher was even if it was like one book in the summer or one book over Christmas break, just having something professional mm. around me, I knew made me mm -hmm. better. Like I was mm -hmm. so scared of being stale in my teaching that I always wanted to know what is, mm -hmm. what is the best of the best doing out there right now? Because I've been teaching the same book for eight years, or I've been teaching the same grade level for eight years or 10 years or whatever. And so you, I think I always knew I was better if I had a little glimpse into what was going on out there. And, you know, this was a, I taught in mostly in a, in a pre uh, podcast world or a pre, you know, like quick idea world. So it was either books or nothing going to a conference, reading a book or nothing. And so, yeah. you know, sometimes we get quick glimpses into things uh, through things like podcasts. So 
Anyway, got me thinking. So no exact teaching strategy out of this episode right now, but just how do you share this stuff? You're all you're all listening to this podcast because you are seeking ideas or you have things to share with others. So um, just a reminder, like you have found your tribe because we are all the nerdy ones who <laughs> try new things and want to hear new ideas from each other. So um, just keep that going and try to find more subtle ways than me <laughs> and how you might share that. But you should share your ideas through our podcast. So you just go on the website, go to go to the Catholic Teachers Launch website and share your ideas and we share them out. Yeah, uh, we want all of them. Teachers are listening for, te- for other teachers' ideas. So bring them here. Cool. This is like an infomercial episode. I like that, Colleen. Great, great job. <laughs> all right, here we go. So thank you for listening today. It's been a pleasure to be with all of you. We enjoy the energy boost. We love exploring your ideas and affirming your efforts. Keep the suggestions coming in. Tune into our next episode as we talk about more great ideas from fellow teachers. We will see you next time.